very often how you see yourself versus how other people see you is the most illuminating piece of feedback you'd ever have in your life. My name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour over, our private members only Discord community, and any other subscriber only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. Hello everyone, my name is Dimitri and welcome back to the Rise Productive Podcast. In today's episode, we have David C.M. Carter. He is the founder of IntelliKey Academy, if I said that right this time, and um, he is going to give himself uh, a little, or give us a little brief introduction of, of where he's um, gotten to where he is at today, where he came from, uh, as uh, we, we actually did a first attempt at the recording but uh, it failed out but uh we're 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 trucking through for the audience here so, so sorry would you like me to go yeah now? sorry <laughs> okay well as i said just now i'm 64 years old so, and i've been at work 45 years so i think we'll try and keep the introduction as as brief as possible otherwise we'll take up the whole podcast um, although it's a very interesting life and journey and story in its own right. So you're going to have to read my second book on that sometime next year. Um, so I left school when I was 18. I didn't go to university. Um, I actually worked for two investment banks uh, in seven countries around the world for the first 10 years of my career. And my fascination became how come those two companies started in the same town in the same year with access to the same resources and one of them 10 years later was 27 times bigger than the other one? What did mm. they do or have that the other company didn't do or have? And the answer was what I used to call performance X factor. And um, so after 10 years of doing that successfully, I had a fantastic boss and mentor who called me into his office at appraisal time and said, well, young man, record year, record bonus, record everything. I think it's time you moved on. You're on the wrong side of the table. Stop consulting and advising entrepreneurs and go and be one. So that was uh, 35 years ago. My last paycheck was in June of 1988. Hmm. Um, somehow managed to survive ever since then. <clears throat> and the first 10 years after I left, finance i did two startups in the uk hospitality industry where we operated golf and country clubs the first one i built up and sold to a trade buyer the second one i built up and floated on the stock exchange and then around that time i had a rather massive tectonic plate shift happen in my personal life and i ended up being a single parent to a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old mm. son and I decided that they were more important than being the public company CEO. Yeah. So I resigned and focused on looking after them. 
And because of what I'd done in the previous 20 years, people kept coming to me and saying, oh, could you help me decide whether to float my business or look at what my performance X factor is or help us raise money or change our strategy or pivot or do whatever. Yeah. And and because I could work from home, look after the kids doing that, I did it for a couple of years, but was constantly thinking, um, I really need to find something to do. And anyway, <laughs> after a couple of years, I had Sunday lunch with my parents and my mum said, oh, it's going so well for you, isn't it? And I said, well, it is going well, but I've got no time to think about what I want to do next. Yeah. And she said, well, I thought this was what you were doing next. <laughs> and... Uh, so on the drive home that evening, uh, the kids fast asleep in the back of the car. I thought, you know what? I'm really good at this. I love doing it. It pays the bills and it makes a difference. So unless I wake up in the morning and think of a reason not to do this, maybe this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And 15 years later, I built up what eventually became the world's leading chief executive mentoring company mm -hmm. with officers and mentors and clients all around the world. And then... Um, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, I decided to exit that business because I wanted to democratize what we were doing with a small number of expensive fee-paying clients and make it available to the whole workforce. Yeah. And I didn't quite know how to do that, um, but I resigned anyway and uh, actually sold the company to a management buyout. And I was taken on by one of Britain's top PR consultants who wanted to turn me into a brand, the mentor. And so I did all the usual silly tricks, like I wrote a book and went on a book tour and a <laughs> speaking tour. I did uh, three years on the BBC doing the newspaper review and lots of radio and television. And uh, kind of became a, a, a very D-list celebrity. Um, which I hated, oh, okay. um, but I used all that time to figure out how I could democratize what we were doing. And IntelliKey Academy is the my legacy project, which basically brings everything that I've ever done in my life together into one place to help people become their IntelliKey. So I don't know, that might not be a good point to explain the word IntelliKey. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> Um, so Aristotle, two and a half thousand years ago, coined the word entelechy. Mm -hmm. And so the entelechy of a person or a thing is the ultimate version of that person or thing with all of its potential fully actualized. Okay. And so, for example, the entelechy of an acorn is an oak tree. The entelechy of a caterpillar is a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And the entelechy of Dimitri is the ultimate version of Dimitri yeah. with all of your potential fully actualized. Aristotle went on further to say that it is our character which determines our destiny. So wherever we end up in life is a direct function of our character. Mm -hmm. so entelechy Academy has been set up to help everyone become the ultimate version of themselves with all of their potential fully actualized, and we do that through developing their character. Yeah, I think that that that's very important. The uh, both sides of that coin are definitely like symbiotic, and uh, the definite improvements I've seen in like people in my personal life from from a professional standpoint have often come through their like self improvement journey. So I was wondering whether you could uh, 
maybe speak to a little bit more of what what sparked the that connection between those two things because i because I, I do fully agree that like having that self-improvement journey usually and like that uh self uh, improvement journey for me did a lot in order to, to accelerate my professional career so i'm curious how you noticed that connection ended up being the case and more specifically with ceos as well um well, for about 25 years, I've specialized in helping CEOs solve big problems. Mm -hmm. And about 10 years ago, you couldn't open McKinsey Quarterly, The Economist, or World Economic Forum, or any of those global think tank type organizations without reading massive, well-researched articles about what has colloquially been called the soft skills crisis. Oh, okay. And essentially, young people were applying for jobs or got jobs with employers, but the employers found that they didn't have the human work-ready skills that they needed them to have because they hadn't been taught them at college or at university or at school. And um, in the mentoring clients that I work with, I could see what a gigantic problem this was, that yeah. people were leaving school or college ill-prepared for work. And it was a massive problem. And, and today, the problem's 10 times bigger than it was 10 years ago, and it cost the economy billions and billions and billions mm -hmm. every year. And from manufacturing to marketing, employers just cannot find people with the right combination of technical skills and human work-ready skills. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, um, the way that problem has been solved has never worked. Uh, and a huge amount of money has been spent on courses that haven't delivered a return on investment. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it's because those courses have followed the old pedagogy that we were subjected to at school or at college, where here's a book, read it, memorize it. Yeah. And at the end of that, I'm going to quiz you on it. And I'm testing what you were taught, not what you've learned and applied. And so that's the first problem that people get sent on a course and quizzed on it at the end of the course and they get a high score, but then they don't go back to the office and apply it. Yeah. But the second reason is that I realized that all of this soft skills training was missing a domain. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a subdomain that sits underneath soft skills and technical skills, which are character qualities. And so, for example, uh, a lot of employers find a problem with time management of young people. So they send them on a time management course, they get 100% in the quiz at the end of the day or the end of the week of the course, and they don't apply anything that they learn at work. But the domain that is missing is the character qualities that underpin being good at time management, like being accountable, responsible, disciplined, organized, efficient, reliable. And what IntelliKey Academy does is help people learn to become the underpinning character qualities mm. so that they don't ever need to go on a time management course. <laughs> so the soft skill industry 
has used a pedagogy which is out of date and doesn't work and doesn't actually get people to apply their learning and assess what they've applied and learned. And it's missing that underpinning domain. Okay, I, I really like the way that you, you uh, layered that out because there, there are many different reasons that people don't uh, learn the type of things required in order to make them, uh, I guess, quote, successful. I, I, I completely agree with you on the issue from the institutional standpoint from an education um, side. I, I, I went to university for five years in the U.S., so I got an undergrad degree and I got my master's. And to speak quite frankly on it, uh, I believe that it got me in the door to, to get a job. However, tangibly, the majority of the uh, skills that I have learned in order to uh, accelerate my career was literally through doing stuff on the side for myself and like building those sort of soft skills that you were talking about, like having accountability, uh, time management is something that I, I became obsessive with, but it was literally through YouTube self-help videos that I, I sort of got into that sort of thing as well as I was a, uh, a top tier athlete in the United States, which taught me some of those soft skills. And I think, it was really difficult when I went into the workforce when I had coworkers who just didn't understand that basic level of like how to be accountable for themselves, how to work in an efficient manner and get things done in a way that was um, that was similar to what I was doing. And it was just frustrating. And that's why I think my mind always goes towards working for myself because I just don't want to deal with the, uh, to, to be quite frank, like the arbitrage of the, the employer versus the employee. Cause like the, the coworkers aren't necessarily like putting in the same effort. Um, so I, I, I want to drill down a little bit more into this one concept because you ended up not going to university, right? You, you dropped out of school at 18. So I was wondering whether maybe you not going to university, whether that made you see things in a different way in your belief, uh, that ended up impacting that whole trajectory of your life. Um, un going to university today mm. is a lot different to 45 years ago okay. um, a lot different um, when I got to the end of my secondary school I went to a state grammar school in the UK which was mm -hmm. like the top 10% of, and even from my year group only 5% went on to university mm -hmm. Um, and so it wasn't unusual, mm -hmm. even though I'd done well at school to not go on to university. Um, whereas today, 60% of all school leavers go to university. Um, and there's a fallacy, I think, that is, well, go to university, get a good degree, and you can get a job anywhere, whereas that's just a load of rubbish. Yeah. Um, and, um, so going back to when I left school and didn't go to university, um, it wasn't that uncommon. Um, and, you know, the first bank that I joined was no different to joining the Navy or, you know, Marks and Spencers or retail, you know, yeah. those who were the hardest got on the fastest. Yeah. And those who applied themselves got promotions and opportunities to progress their career and those that didn't, didn't. And so I don't think the world's changed much in that regard. Um, and I think uh, the truth is, I think I, I was also um, uh, an elite sports athlete at school and I also got married very young. Yeah. And so I, 
I had determination and ambition and confidence and courage as character qualities that I'd already developed. But I also had a responsibility. I got married very young, so I had to... And uh, the summer that I left school uh, was the most god-awful recession in the UK with strikes and everything. And so all of us who left school... We all had three jobs. We had a Monday to Friday, nine to five in the bank job. We had an evening job working in a pub uh, and pulling beer. Um, and then on Sundays, I did a um, drove for a charity. Um, and so I literally worked seven days a week and had three jobs, which is what you needed to cope with a 15% inflation, 15% mortgage interest rates, yeah. you know, terrible recessionary environment. Um, and... So I think, if you don't mind, I'm going to try and answer the question slightly differently. Over the course of the last 30 years, working with the development of character, I mean, I have mentored some of the world's top CEOs, and it was always developing their character, which helped them to get the breakthrough. Mm. And um, so I've known for a long time of working with this that it truly worked. And there are 54 character qualities which underpin the development of all skills, hard skills and soft skills. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And Hmm. you could tell me any skill and I could show you the character qualities that underpinned it. And I think that today um, an employer has a huge pool of talent that they can tap into every year, you know, if you work in Silicon Valley and you've got 10 openings for new graduates this year, you've probably got 2,000 applicants. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, particularly with all the tech layoffs now, you've probably got even more. Um, but I think that everybody's bio, everybody's CV is identical. I mean, I get CVs all the time to come and work for me. And apart from the fact that one's called Janet and one's called John, there's no difference between any of the CVs at all. Sure. Whereas as if on top of your CV, which says, I worked here from there to there, I've got these qualifications and this experience, and I had this role. What if you could also say, and here's my IntelliKey signature, which sets out the badges which I've earned, third-party validated badges which I've earned, which show that I'm organized, reliable, analytical, creative, collaborative, confident, disciplined, organized, reliable, any employer seeing a CV that had that would go, oh, well, you're going to come in for an interview first because the degree is table stakes now. Yeah. And so what they're looking for in the interview is who are you, not what have you done, because I've got 10 other CVs that tell me what people have done. I want to know who you are. So the whole interview process, well, if you can turn up and short-circuit that interview process by saying, well, here's who I am, look at my signature, and I've got third-party validated evidence and badges of my competence in a dozen character qualities, which are all the character qualities that an employer is looking for, you're literally going to go straight to the top of the queue. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I, I do agree with you that it's so baseline required now from a CV standpoint to have the degree, uh, even in my case in the United States, there's a common trope that I especially hear amongst uh, parents where they are like, oh, you need to have a master's degree to, you know, like stay up to snuff with your, you know, fellow people coming out of college. And I, I, I agree with you that there's a 
there's a fair amount behind the um, differentiation that needs to happen from like a who you are standpoint. And, and the only way to, to really represent that is uh, during the interview process. Uh, that's the like anytime I've gotten an interview, I usually end up like getting past the, the next rounds and whatnot. But it's so difficult on a CV to, to differentiate yourself. So what uh, I guess I want to. Well, we, we, we've created that differentiator yeah. and it's called Signature. And, and it can be embedded into your CV or added as an attachment. But I promise you, anybody reading it is going to go, wow, this is everything I'd ever want to find out about this person. Let's call them. It's almost like you get sent through to the VIP lane for an interview first because you've told them about yourself. And, and also, particularly someone at your age level, mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're going to be working till you're 75 and you're going to have at least 10 different careers. And mm -hmm. each one of those careers is going to require, you know, a new learning of technology and a new learning of lots of things. So you're going to need to be a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. And people are going to want to know that you're adaptable and resilient and all of those kind of character qualities. Um and one of the things about character that lots of people mistakenly observe is, well, you're born with your character. There's nothing you can do about it. That's complete rubbish. <laughs> um, and so <clears throat> uh, a few months ago, we took on a new head of sales who's had 30 years of experience of selling educational products and services around the world. And we all, all of our entire company work on uh, a character quality every month for themselves, a professional one and a personal one. And he chose to work on being organized, uh, sorry, disciplined at work and kind at home. Mm -hmm. And his discipline came from a very simple source. Whenever he sat down at his desk at his laptop to send people emails and chase up and follow up, he put his phone next door in the kitchen. Yeah. And so he wasn't distracted by the pings going off on Slack or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, and so he focused for, you know, an hour and a half and then stood up, had a break, made a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, checked his messages, nothing important, carried on. And he said he reckoned that by the end of the first week, he'd saved six or seven hours of productivity. Mm-hmm. And so that, that one, but the, I actually love the kindness story. Um, he asked his wife which character quality he should work on. And she said, oh, I'd like you to be more kind. Sure. And he was like, okay. Um, and he didn't ask her what that would look like. He just decided he was going to be more kind. So one of the things he decided he was going to do was say please and thank you for everything. And he was going to acknowledge everyone in his family and during the day in some pleasant affirmative way. And at the end of the first week, his wife, you know, he was taking the garbage out, taking the dogs for a walk at night and all. And his wife asked him if he was on drugs because it's like this new human being. Has come <laughs> to her. And she just said, this is the most amazing transformation. You are just being so much more kind. And it's lovely to see. And he said he's just carried it on ever since. And so any one of those character qualities you can become more of um, and what the IntelliKey Academy 
process is all about is helping you choose which character quality you want to get better at and then take you on a learning journey to improve it. I really like that. I think it's uh, it's great that at your company you, you have uh, a culture that is in line with the, the brand name. You have a culture that is in line with, with the goal of what you want your employees and obviously uh, who you're providing services to and, and content to is like uh, it's in line, right? And I, I do think that is important at any company. Um, I really like what you said about the fact that it, to put your words here in place, uh, a load of rubbish that, you know, you can't grow those different uh, character qualities and professional and personal senses. I, I believe that ownership um, is one of the more freeing things in life. Uh, when When you stop, for example, when somebody's coming out of school now, right? There's, there's, I'm 25 for context. And there is a consistent trend of people saying like, oh, it's so hard to get a job this. Oh, it's so hard to get a job that like, it's almost impossible because everyone's got the same degree. I've found that uh, ridiculous ownership and Omer almost over indexing on ownership has allowed me to like, take control over my life. And then from there, a lot of these like things that people assume are like, how do I word it? Or assume that is out of their control ends up coming into my own control, and I am more free in a lot of the decisions I'm able to make, and a lot of the uh, ways that my life has ended up panning out. I'm curious, maybe if you could speak more to, you know, you've you've kind of seemed to have that trend in in what you're teaching at uh, at your company, right? And then what you're trying to teach to these these uh, entrepreneurs. So what what are your thoughts are on, on an ownership of, of taking these different skills and sort of improving them rather than assuming that they are baseline to how you were born. It's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three year anniversary. Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. Um... I think that, uh, like in every aspect of life, there's a bell curve or sure. a spectrum. And um, I think that um, anybody can learn to be accountable. Anyone can learn to be responsible, which is kind of, I think, the character qualities that underpin what you're asking me about. Mm-hmm. Um some people might not know that they can be more accountable. They've never thought of it before. No one's ever said, well, of course you can. So, <laughs> um, and um, so I think that the best way that we help people figure out what to work on, which is the bit that I absolutely love about mm-hmm. our business, is so you can do a 180 you know, a self-assessment of what you think your top 10 character quality strengths are and what you think a couple of growth opportunities are that you ought to be working on and dialing up. But if you then ask 10 or 20 people who know you extremely well, colleagues, your boss, your family, your friends, and they tell you what they think your strengths are and your growth opportunities are, 
very often yeah. how you see yourself versus how other people see you is the most illuminating piece of feedback you'd ever have in your life. Yeah. And if you are brave enough and wise enough to go and talk to the people who gave you the feedback and say, well, thank you so much for that feedback. Can you tell me a bit more about it? You know, uh, give me some more context and give me some examples. Well, right, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so armed with that information, you now are empowered and emboldened to make some changes in your life mm. because you know that not only would they benefit you, but they benefit your relationship with the people who gave you the feedback. Um, and so we built in a catalytic mechanism to get people motivated to make the changes that would make a big difference to them. I'm, I'm... Some people are highly motivated themselves. Some other people need a bit of FOMO. Some other people need a kick up the backside. But, you know, uh, I think we've found a way to embrace all of those different personas in our learning journey onboarding. Mm -hmm. I'm curious then, so your approach is obviously more individualized. Is there any sort of specific qualities or uh, traits that end up augmenting the ability to improve the rest of them? Like so, sort of how I was mentioning with accountability. Have you noticed that there's like a consistent trend where like this one trait allows for a lot of the other traits to be more easily improved upon? Or is it definitely more individual? It's a lot more complex okay. than that. Um, because, you know, there is many different types of persona mm -hmm. uh, as there are, you know, countries on the planet. Um, and if you think of a simple psychometric tool like Myers-Briggs, where there's 16 personas, you know, each of those 16 personas would have a different preference set for the, their mm. go-to character qualities. Um, so if you're asking me personally, what are the three most important ones for me? Mm -hmm. uh, they would be being curious uh, being open-minded and being kind. Mm -hmm. But if I was talking to our head of data science uh, in our company, she would say being analytical and, you know, whatever else would be the key three ones for her. So I, it is more complicated. Yeah. But I think if at the end of the day you're curious and you're open-minded and you're kind, that's going to get you a lot further in life than than any any other three it certainly worked for me that's funny so uh how did you end up finding out that those would have been your main uh three ones i know that you've you've got IntelliKey at this point but um how necessarily did you realize in in your own circumstance that that's where you needed to uh focus on the most uh, that's a very good question i like that one um <laughs> i think for the last 25 30 years uh, and it's been more exaggerated the last three or four or five years over COVID and lockdowns and everything else as yeah. well. Um, there is a constant narrative that is in the mainstream media, on the television or whatever, which of course has been exacerbated the last four or five years in particular. And, you know, whether it was COVID or whether it's climate change, you know, it doesn't take too long to find out one scientist and group of scientists who say uh, this about COVID and another yeah. group who say the complete opposite. 
Um, and the last, you know, six months I've been doing lots of research and, you know, I can find 3,500 scientists who say, you know, the climate Armageddon and another three and a half thousand who say there is no, nothing to worry about. It's yeah. like, and so that's where being curious and open-minded comes in because I hate being brainwashed or I hate, mm -hmm. and, and let's be honest, in the last three or four years, the world has been subjected to non-stop, incessant fear porn. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, whenever you do a psychometric profile, it always says, well, this is how you behave normally, but under stress or in fear, you might behave like this, that or the other. Um, and so with all the fear porn that we've been subjected to, and so... I get very frustrated and angry when people are so dogmatic about, you know, climate change or vaccines or whatever, mm -hmm. and lots of central bank digital currencies or um, what's really going on in Ukraine or Russia. There's always, you know, lots of different sides of every story. And I'm always quite keen to find out all the different sides of the story before making my uh, decision or casting my, you know, my net. Um, and so I wish... I feel I've benefited by being curious and open-minded because it's allowed me to understand other people's perspective and point of view and worldview and to be able to collaborate with them better and, and you know, be in community with them. Um, and kindness is just something, I, I, I guess, ever since I was 14 years old, so 50 years ago, I was introduced to Buddhism. Mm. And I wouldn't say I am a Buddhist, but I follow Buddhist principles in my life. Uh, and I do read a lot about Buddhism and study Buddhism. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, being kind to everybody that you ever encounter makes the quality of conversation, the quality of relationship so much stronger and better. Yeah. Uh, and I've just found that if I have a mindset of being kind to my children, my friends, my colleagues, the planet, you know, uh, it seems to work for me. I like I like that a lot. I I believe very firmly in what you spoke about with the uh, fear porn side of things. I I I believe in my generation. I'm one of the few people that would honestly say I do not ever watch the news. I don't consume social media, and I I, I like I, I even though I'm like an influencer or whatever. The only social media I consume is a very curated set of pieces of content that is nothing related to the news. I actually get like not triggered right but i get a little like irritated when like i'll be sitting at like a, a a family thing or like at somebody's place and then like the the nine o'clock news turns on and i'm just like why are we watching this uh like because it's it's what you said i mean i truthfully from the consumer psychology standpoint they know that fear ends up making the uh the news uh, ratings go up and they're just going to continuously over index for that sort of fear-inducing uh, topic. I was wondering then, based on this, because uh, I actually have a uh, similar relationship with, with a philosophy rather than maybe a religion. Um, so I'm a, a, a large fan of Stoicism, and I believe that my experience reading, studying uh, classic Stoic works, as well as like modern people who are like interpreting the, the text and, you know, uh, curating it, uh, that sort of focus on philosophy and, and a style of thought has allowed me to maintain a more level head and maintain more of a um, 
a fulfilling life, to be honest. And I, I noticed with the IntelliKey uh, moniker that, you know, it started from Aristotle, who was a philosopher. So I was wondering, you know, where necessarily that inspiration came from, from IntelliKey, and if um, maybe philosophy and sort of um, focus on ways of thinking from, you know, obviously you said Buddhism was more so the, the way of thinking rather than the religion, where maybe philosophy and that way of thinking has um, inspired you or, you know, like speak a little bit more to that. Um, I don't think it's any more complicated than um, maybe it comes back to being kind as mm -hmm. well. Um, I haven't really ever thought about this before, but um, so my answer could be completely wrong. But I think if you start <laughs> off with a uh, with a mindset of always being trying to be kind, yeah. you're always trying to help people. And I've always had a philosophy of trying to help people become a better version of themselves. And and uh, and and I guess having learned a long time ago how character can help you become a better version of yourself, um, philosophically. And because I've worked with these 54 character qualities for many, many years now, 30, 30 years. Um, my philosophy is to be kind to people mm -hmm. and to help them you know, develop themselves and become a better version of themselves. And so I think I listen to the conversation I'm having with them through a particular set of filters and I'm thinking about what are the character strengths that they could dial up or what are the character growth opportunities that they need to perhaps dial up. Um, and so I think I listen through a series of filters, which over a long period of time, you know, I might listen to someone for 10 minutes and say, oh, it sounds to me like you need to dial up being a bit more this or that. And they're like, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. Well, um, if you listen hard and deep enough with a kind heart, and you know that one of those 54 character qualities is probably the thing they've got to dial up. It's actually not that complicated. <laughs> um, but um, I think that everybody, uh, you know, on the planet wants to lead a good life. They want to... Uh, and, and a good life doesn't mean having a super yacht or, a, you know, uh, a private jet or whatever it just means they want to be able to pay the mortgage uh, have a loving family educate their kids go on a holiday once a year or whatever um, be able to go out for a meal once a month you know with their family and and I think everybody's really struggling with that and so I mean I don't know about the US but in the UK um, the number of young people who graduated last summer or the summer before who still haven't got a graduate level job, yeah. yet they've got 30,000, pounds worth of debt, you know, as a ball and chain around their legs. And I think, you know, to be honest, they're angry that the dream that they were sold in their teens has not turned out to be the reality. And it's like, well, I went to university like I was told, I got a good degree. I haven't been given a graduate level salary job. I'm on minimum wage working as a barista in a, in a Starbucks. Yeah. Um, and I've got this 30,000 pound ball and chain of debt around my leg. I'm never going to be able to get on the property ladder. You know, like that dream I was sold sucks. And I think they're, and I think the, the challenge is we can't let them get depressed. We've got to mm -hmm. somehow get to be positive and, and get out there and, 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 and be 
some new character qualities that they perhaps not had to be before because they were thought they were on the golden escalator and they've suddenly realised that the golden escalator doesn't exist and actually where they get to in life is going to be much more a function of what they end up doing and who they end up being than which grad school they went to and what degree they got and all that stuff. Um, well, Entelechy is geared up um, to help companies become companies of character. Okay. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the so we're always intrigued to talk to CEOs who um, have got 250 or more employees who like the idea of improving their performance and productivity and profitability through developing the character qualities of their organization. Um, the best way to ever get hold of me is on LinkedIn at David C.M. Carter. I'm the only David C.M. Carter on LinkedIn, so hopefully that won't take you too long to find me. <laughs> um, but I think for everybody else who listens in, um, why don't you just go to uh, the Entelechy app in the App Store. You can download a free trial version for 14 days without having to pay um, and look at the character qualities that are in there and, and do a 360. You can do it for free. Um, and you can find out who you are, not only in terms of how you see yourself, but how others see you. And I promise you, it will be the most interesting, revealing, rich set of data you've ever had in one place about yourself. And um, that's what I'd recommend people to do because it's going to help you optimize your humanity over the next few years and 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 develop your entelechy in a way that nothing else you'll ever do can well i uh i really appreciate having you on this show david thank you so much thank you very much and with that being said thank you for listening to 100 episode 157 of the podcast and we'll see you in the next one if you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.